This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Taylor and I'm joined by my co-hosts Brady, Jordan, and David. This week we're going to be diving into our home wins against Arkansas State and Arkansas Little Rock, as well as doing a good old-fashioned Hate Week 2.0 preview of our game against that school down south coming this Saturday. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. All right, first let's talk about this home win against Arkansas State. Uh, 76-60 final, Panthers over the Red Wolves. What are our thoughts? If you want to point to two numbers that I loved from this weekend or this game specifically, it's 46% and 25%. That's 46% is what the Panthers shot from three. 25% is what the Red Wolves shot from three. That wins games. Easy. That's all they needed to do. I just thought it might be a thing we overuse, and we might have said this at least before, but that was Georgia State basketball. Lots of turnovers forced hitting jump shots. It just felt like what we've tried to do. The defensive intensity was there like it had not been, you know, as recently as the Coastal game. But also in general, it just hasn't been there all year. But it's maybe a nice bellwether game to push forward from. I just want to say that I think that the reason we got off, um, you know, we we got off to a, a slow shooting start early. Um, but the mentality you said was there, the defensive intensity, it kind of just looked like they were locked in from the beginning. So even though the shots weren't falling, they were good looks. And I think that it's easy to keep taking good looks when you're getting them rather than just jacking up shots to jack them up. I mean, absolutely. I think the thing that makes playing at the sports arena so fun for Georgia State is when they are truthfully as balanced as they were on Thursday, it makes for a lot of fun. You know, not every the highest scoring player was Jeff. Jeff had a phenomenal game. He heard us talking again because he just loves to play. <laughs> he loves to play in Atlanta, you know, but Jeff had 15 points. But you had five Panthers who registered in double digits. You know, Devin came off the bench and he even had 13 points. He was four for 10 from downtown. And it just it was so nice to see everybody spread the ball around. They were making the extra pass. You know, sometimes to a fault. But at the end of the day, when you're still making that extra pass, as long as you're still getting good looks, those shots are going to fall. This team is too good from three. This team is too good at jump shooting for those shots to not fall. It's all going to average out eventually. So I'd just say that when everyone's shooting like that and it's not just one person, you can't just say the averages are going to settle down. Like when we're playing like that and everyone's getting their shots in like that, there's no reason we can't average 47 from three, which sounds ridiculous, but that's how talented a jump shooting team this team is. I do want to take this opportunity to give a shout out to uh, Kane Williams was the only starting Panther, not in double figures, but he had five assists and he was able to find ways to stay involved in the game. So I'm not as I'm not missing the rest of his you know points. He's usually contributing to us because he's still staying active and being that kind of shot facilitator when necessary as well. He had some foul trouble, so I guess he was out of his game. I don't know. He only played 22 minutes, so it was nice that he could get us five assists and one steal in the stat sheet, but I'm sure more than that in the actual game as far as his defense goes. I'm sure he was providing a lot. I mean, I mean, you make a great point about the defense because I, I just I really have to shout out David Wilson again because this is another the second straight game where he has contributed something offensively to match the defense that he brings every single game. And I genuinely think if Damon Wilson can continue to score, I don't, I don't even want to say he needs to give 
10, 15. But if he can continue to be another option, coupled with that defense that he plays, I genuinely think the rest of the Sun Belt is screwed. This year and next. You know, if we're going to jump off onto huge hot take cliffs. <laughs> Absolutely. He's probably starting. He's not probably. He's definitely starting next year. So, again, this he's year He's starting this game. He's starting next week. That's true. That's true. But we'll we'll get there. We'll touch on that in a second. There has been a situation where we've played this way in the early game of the week, and the second game is not necessarily match or vice versa. But this week, we really got the same team both games leading into that Little Rock game. This senior day was really boring, and that is honestly music to my ears because they needed this type of win. That yeah, final the, score, was, yeah, eighty-three seventy was the final score. You know, stats, books, whatever. But the score was not that. Like the, it, we were up twenty-six. Like we could have named the score. We just, you know, had a tournament to worry about, had a Southern game to worry about. And I mean, I think Little Rock ended the game on like a not a. a like an 8-0 run or something like that so uh, it was less a little rock scoring streak and more of georgia state didn't score a field goal in the last five minutes and eight seconds of play now i mean i'm sure a lot of that has to do with subbing seniors out probably two or three minutes left in the game um but you can see you can tell they let off the gas a little bit which is fine when you're up 26 points at home on senior day but i definitely don't want to see any more of that pretty much from here on out um especially if we get out to a 20 point lead or something like that next Saturday, speaking that into existence preemptively. But um, <laughs> yeah, now is, I don't think is the time to be letting off the gas really at any point. Um, but, you know, again, I'm not mad at it because it's Cedar day. You're up by 26 at home. There's five minutes left, you know, but I don't want to get that into that kind of falling into bad habits late in the year. You know, I mean, the one good habit that you have to have is again, the Panthers force. 19 turnovers they did that against arkansas state they did that against little rock those are the type of teams that win championships yes you're absolutely right I'm not discrediting anything that you said because you're absolutely right but if this panthers team is going to win this saturday and they're going to go on and go win the sunbelt tournament it's going to have to come down to them being able to force these 19 turnovers and i, I don't know i'll take 15 honestly but the fact that the defense was so active and one thing that I liked that the Panthers did was they still forced 19 turnovers regardless of who they played. You know, Rajon Tucker had 26 when they played Little Rock and Ty Cockfield had 20 when they played Arkansas State. But the beautiful thing about that was the Panthers contained everything else around them. And I mean, come on, Rajon Tucker is an all Sun Belt type of player. Ty Cockfield is an all Sun Belt type of player. Those guys are going to get theirs. But they were still able to force every single other body on the other team into making mistakes into taking bad shots and those types those types of defensive efforts is what's going to take this panthers team from okay yeah maybe we should have won the sunbelt tournament too yes we're going to win the sunbelt tournament and we're going to win these games by 15 points apiece and that's yeah we've got to go in like that i mean lord knows we've been in enough grinded out games in the sunbelt tournament to know that's not necessarily how it will go but if that's our mentality, you know, that's how it happens. It doesn't happen by us assuming we're going to play teams close. Got to go in saying, you know, this is our tournament. This is our floor. And I think a lot of that mentality is going to come from carrying the energy we got from these two home victories into going into Statesboro and winning in or winning on and away in the first time of this rivalry series since it started back up, if I'm not mistaken. 1996. Um, that's the last time we won there. And we, we are the most recent team to win on the road in this series. And we last won in 1996. So it's been a minute. 
Nobody on either team was alive the last time we won in Statesboro. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> I think I made the cutoff for that by like days. Well, you're not on the team, David. Uh, you don't know that. Thank God. Well, I'll tell you, I was three and I was a lifelong Panther fan out there. So I don't know <laughs> what you guys is. are talking about. Um, Noted New York native, lifelong Georgia State Panthers fan, Taylor Dunn. That's me. Hey, dedication. I knew from an early age, that age being three, <laughs> when I saw Georgia State win on the road in Statesboro. That's when I knew. Uh, all jokes aside, um, like I said, taking this energy and taking that into Statesboro, if we can win that game, that'll be a fantastic uh, momentum builder for us going into the Sunbelt Tournament, hopefully with a double bye. And that puts us in literally win, and yeah. you have one more game to go, and then you're in the NCAA tournament. Because we haven't talked about the elephant in the room or the uh, the jaguar in the room. Ah, uh, yes. We didn't get any help from anyone on Thursday because Texas State and Georgia Southern won. But on Saturday, those jaguars from South Alabama did us a big solid and knocked off Texas State. Friends of the show, the South Alabama Jaguars. Y'all are welcome anytime. Yeah, I was going to say, this puts us in a very precarious situation at the top of the Sun Belt going into the last regular season game for pretty much everybody now. But if we win, we're the champs. I mean, we might share it technically depending on how the other, the Texas State UTA game goes, but it will be the number one seed if we win, which is a nice feeling. It definitely is. And especially considering, you know, the random Troy loss, the clunker at home to Texas State, at times... This season has felt like a disappointment to some fans, even though I believe it shouldn't have felt like a disappointment. But this is a really nice way to say, okay, guys, we know that there were some times it was a little precarious, but if they can go, if the Panthers can go and win on Saturday, this would silence all of that. And no one could sit there and say that this is a disappointment because they're the regular season champs, or at least they share you know, they share that title and they still, regardless of what happens in any of the other games, they're still going to be the number one seed. So at that point, it's just sweeter that they get to do it against Georgia Southern. Yeah, I will say I want to win. There's the lingering thought in my mind of beating Georgia Southern twice and then playing them again because of the old thing about, you know, you can't beat a good team three times. But the other thing is I just don't want to give <laughs> that school, that team, that title over us while we're there watching, you know? Absolutely. So any mojo thought with, as far as that goes, I mean, that goes out the window. It's like either we get good thing or they do and we're rivals. So we want it and we want it just for, you know, regular season titles only go so far if we don't win in the tournament, but I'll also say this, and this doesn't ex make any happiness with losing in the tournament but having the nit bid guaranteed if we were to go out i mean our history isn't good enough that we can just you know stick our noses out at an nit appearance that's still something i mean a postseason tournament is still a postseason tournament it's not the goal and it's absolutely not going to be like yay we made the nit but we also can't just be like we're better than the nit and we need to be upset about it like we still need to say that that is something and you only get that if you're the number one seed. I mean, we're not going to get an NIT invite otherwise. I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot more at stake this late in the season against Southern than it, there has been in recent years. Even years where we were two of the top teams in the Sun Belt, too. I mean, we, the year we went uh, and played them in the 
year uh was it 14 15 where they were well, it was we Georgia went to the State. tournament the championship no. game yeah where i'm just i'm just saying that the season is pretty clear consensus it was georgia state and georgia southern were the two yeah. like, best basketball teams even then i don't know if it felt as well it was the same not... situation that year ironically we played them in the sports arena and we were one i think we were either tied or if they won they tied us or something i don't know but it was winner is the champ, and we won that time. I think the fact that I think that Georgia Southern team, that 14-15 team, was better than this one makes me a little bit more nervous, if that makes sense. That was yeah, probably one of the I, best teams that they've had in recent memory. And I can't really but, figure out this team. <laughs> exactly, I, and that's what makes I've me been so on nervous. The like I don't know what I haven't, exactly is going to go down when you play them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I haven't watch you know every minute i haven't been you know engaged taking notes it seems like recently they've been winning games because they've been pushing it inside and they've been scoring a lot inside and taking less forced jump shots which is part of why they lost to us in atlanta it's gonna be hard i think the the thing that georgia southern does well is they are the best scoring offense in the sun belt like that we can give them that credit because it's that we have stats to back that up the thing that georgia southern doesn't do well though is shoot threes there's really only one way to beat the zone and that's shoot threes every team that's beat georgia state it's either been free throws or threes and i think the game in Atlanta, obviously Georgia State is very comfortable playing in Atlanta, but at the end of the day, Georgia State loves to play tempo. You know, they, whether it's them getting out on fast break, it's them getting in transition. Georgia State loves to force other teams to play at a fast tempo so they can force them into making mistakes, so they can force opposing teams to shoot threes that they shouldn't be shooting, you know, and that I think it still favors Georgia State, even though they are going into a hostile environment. Obviously, like we discussed earlier, no one has won an away game in this series since I was born and Georgia state was the last team to do it. But if there is going to be a Georgia state team that wins in Hanner, it's, I don't want to say it has to be this one, but this team is really dang good at threes. And this Southern team is really not. So Southern is going to have to shoot way more twos than basically any Georgia state team has allowed this year. And can they do it? Truthfully don't know. Something's got to give. David, you kind of hit a lot of the points that we were going to preview here. Brady, do you want to take us into the 2-3 matchup zone yeah, for this let's, week? Let's sit back in the 2-3 matchup zone. <laughs> so this is going to be two things about Georgia Southern that's going to set up whether they win or lose, and three things about us that's going to set up whether we win or lose. So for Southern, I've got three-point shooting that David just touched on. I think it might not be the only thing that they rely on and. I'll get back to that when we talk about Georgia state, but that's them. Like they don't shoot the three well, but it it's a home game. It's a senior day. If they get going early against us and a couple of guys get into a rhythm, then that's going to be important later in the game. And so that I think that while they need to have some success side as well, and they're going to rely on the inside, they've got to be able to hit some shots. And I think if Georgia state can prevent them from getting out early, getting a couple of guys hitting threes, then that's going to bode well for Georgia State. I think it's going to be a problem for Georgia Southern. And the other thing for them is forcing turnovers. They do that really well. Georgia State doesn't really give up turnovers that much. So it's going to be about the environment, the atmosphere. It's going to be about whatever pressure they can provide. I think if they force us to have an uncharacteristic turnover day, especially Kane and DeMarcus, 
then that's going to be a problem for Georgia State, and that's going to be a really good thing for Georgia Southern. I agree. Um, kind of the so that's two for them, three for us. You know, I think the biggest thing is going to be controlling tempo. Georgia State, I don't want to say necessarily needs to slow the game down, but I think as long as they are in control of how fast it's made, whether they want to play slow or fast, that's going to matter a lot. You know, you can't, Georgia State loves to force teams into the tempo game where the, you know, a team thinks, okay, Georgia State wants to run fast. So we're going to, you know, play the fast break game. Well, Georgia State plays that zone so well that it doesn't always work out that way. So, you know, Controlling tempo will be really important for Georgia State. And bleeding into that, interior defense will also be very important. Monte Glenn is having a phenomenal year for Georgia Southern. And he is essentially the contrast with the way that Georgia Southern likes to play. They love their bigs. They love having two guys inside that'll just beat the crap out of you. Whereas Georgia State, you know, they like their bigs to be a little bit smaller, a little bit more stretchy. You know, Malik Ben-Levy can play inside, but, you know, he's best when he's outside shooting threes. You know, so we'll see. We'll definitely see. So interior defense straight up because of how much they're going to be trying to press in, especially, you know, Tukey's going to try and drive. He's going to be able to take jumpers, but he's really going to be looking to drive. The other thing that goes into interior defense is defensive rebounding. And I, above anyone else, don't put much stock into rebounding totals as far as game goes, because I think... Arkansas State game, they out-rebounded us by double digits, and we won by double digits. So it can be the most misleading stat, but in this game, it's going to be really important because I remember last year in Statesboro, because I was there, too many times they had second-chance points go up because Glenn or someone was in the lane to get a rebound and put something back, and we just got to prevent them from getting multiple possessions out of one possession. Absolutely. And I think that'll come down to the hostile environment. I remember the game last year and it seemed like Georgia state made a lot of, okay, this is obviously not Atlanta mistakes. And a lot of them led to second chance opportunities. A lot of the turnovers weren't, you know, bad passes or the, they were just, okay. A Southern player just walked next to a Georgia state player who was being careless with the ball a steal right there. You know, DeMarcus dribbles essentially directly into a triple team steal right there, you know, and this Georgia state team, they have an opportunity to, to go 500 on the road if they win this game. And I, I don't want to sit here and say that they don't handle cr- uh, opposing crowds or hostile environments. They're really good at blocking out the noise, but they just truthfully have to play a perfect game. I also want to take this opportunity to say that, this is likely, barring any weird left field kind of developments in the offseason, this is likely DeMarcus's last game as a Georgia State Panther in the regular season. Um, so in addition to, you know, these seniors we recognized on Saturday, Jeff, Devin, Jordan, and Malik, uh, that this might be the last time we see DeMarcus in a Georgia State uniform in the regular season. So Hats off to all and those guys, and they've had great years on, this year. Um, but that I just wanted to take that opportunity to say, touching you know, on what kind of David was saying, class. Touching, on, touching on what David was saying, DeMarcus didn't have a good game in Statesboro last year. Like, he just didn't. And was, this is going to be his last time in this rivalry in the regular season. I mean, who knows as far as the tournament goes, but this is the last time he gets a chance to correct that. I mean, he fouled out, he turned the ball over, and he can go in there and be like, not this time. 
And it sucks because his freshman year, he didn't have an opportunity to play in Hanner because the Southern game was early and he was, uh, he was on the shelf with, I believe an ankle injury. So, you know, I feel like he's not gonna knowing him. He's not going to want to go out on one bad game experience in this building. You know, he's going to really try to show up for this game because something that we don't talk about with DeMarcus a lot is he truthfully does show up for the really big game. And that's not to say that he disappears. That's I'm not saying that at all. But, you know, those games where DeMarcus knows that he needs to be the one to put him, he needs to be the one to shoulder the load, he truthfully puts him on his back. And I truthfully believe this will be his game. He needs it. We need it. In other Panthers news, our 2019 football schedule was released earlier this week. Um, Some notables just here off the bat, starting the season at Tennessee. um, And then... At least in my mind, uh, Saturday, October 19th at home versus Army. Um, I want to mention that specifically because this is an addition to the home and home. We already have scheduled against them in 2020-2021, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's an additional um, home game against Army, which I'm predicting to be a pretty big show out fan-wise from both sides. Um, I think it's going to be a cool game. Yeah, I was speaking to my dad about this, actually, and he is an Army vet, and uh, he was really excited to be able to come see Army play in Georgia State Stadium. Um, so I know that that'll probably be a big attractor for some non-Georgia State fans that aren't necessarily hostile, like when Georgia Southern comes and takes over any stadium they play, you know? When we played Air Force a couple of years ago, it was really cool seeing the people that came out for that game, and their fans were by and large a class act and everything. So and I think usually we're going to see some cool stuff. Usually both teams go to each alma mater and stuff, and that's a cool little thing. Yeah, it'll be like fun. The, the, the pageantry is peak with the Armed Force Academies. And it's, it's I don't want to say it's cheesy. It's not cheesy. It's expected. Is the Expected is the word that I want to use, and they just do a phenomenal job. Um, but the only game that I'm excited about is that Tennessee game because Georgia State's definitely going to win it. So that's David, awkward. I can't believe it. You heard it here first, everybody. Oh, my God. You should believe it. You need to believe it. This is okay. This Tennessee. Oh, I'm not saying I believe that Georgia. I can't believe that Georgia State can't beat Tennessee. I can't believe that you're calling your shot in March. (laughs) I have to call my shot in March. This is we'll talk about it over the summer, but I believe that Georgia State's going to start the season. one and know. We'll see. We'll see. I like I like where you're at. I, I like your enthusiasm. If there were any SEC teams. The fall to a team like Georgia State, I'm pretty sure noted former champions of life, Tennessee, would be the ones to do it in 2019. The, them or Vanderbilt, one of those two. Hey, man, Vanderbilt but, wanted Bama that wow. one year. Just yeah, so did we. State of Tennessee. Year one, we put up seven points on Bama. Don't tell me anything's impossible. <laughs> As Kevin Garnett once said, anything is possible. Correct. And it's not completely unprecedented to perform well against a good team like that on the road. Good team, relatively speaking. They're still an SEC team. But we put up well against Wisconsin. We put up well against Washington, at least in the first half. Put up decently well against Oregon. You just you can't ever count the team out just because of a past history of, quote-unquote, bad performance on the road. Like, Don't throw them out before the game starts. That's all I'm going to say. It's literally March. Right. I'm just out the- here to say... I don't think that the schedule does anything to where it's going to impact us, w- Not at all. good or bad. I I think like it. some years you can get screwed by the schedule, and I, I think it's a pretty fair schedule. I think we don't really 
we don't have any brutal road stretches. We don't have that favorable of a home, you know, like home, we home, play, home, home. We play the big guys at home. And honestly, that's all you want. Getting Troy and App State to come to out to come to Atlanta, you know, both are coming off of coaches leaving. That's what you want. I still, you know, also because it's March, there's so much we don't know about how this year's going to play out. But I got to say, I am in the pro playing Southern the last game of the year during the rivalry weekend. I know that there is some dissent, but I'm absolutely pro it. So having that stability at the end of the schedule is a nice thing. Yeah, I don't understand the dissent. That's our rival. It's rivalry week. Let's play well, our rival. The the dissent is there's so much competing for people's attention on that weekend that it's can't shy away from an it. issue. But the game's right. in Statesboro. There's nothing to do in Statesboro. Just go to the football game. Like if you're going to go to this game, you're going to go to the game. No dude, ifs, ands, or buts about it. Dude, I might even go to this game. Dude, fly down here. Let's go. I don't know if you can find a direct flight from Chicago to Statesboro. If they even have an airport, I don't know. <laughs> they just use 316. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what is our homecoming game going to be? I would imagine it's October 5th versus Arkansas State because there's no way that it's going to be against Army or Troy. And right. I don't know. November about that. I 16th. Mean, it, was, it was against Troy two years ago. Yeah, it probably will be Troy. Arkansas, that be seems Troy. about right. It, it could be. Our, I mean, I we've had a we had, we've had early homecoming games before, though, like yeah. early October. Um, Arkansas State just seems like the most likely candidate because Troy is an upper echelon team in the conference. Not saying that Arkansas, Arkansas State, State is. Double. Arkansas State's also been perennially yeah. a very good Sunbelt team. I mean, I don't think we can, you know, we don't necessarily, with the three teams it is, get to say, you know, this is the team, like, game we're going to win. Like, they're all three as likely to be a good team as the other ones. So I think we're just kind of have to do what, you know, what works for, you know, scheduling, I guess. I don't know. All right. Uh, well, one more thing I think we should discuss about this football schedule is you'll notice that we have two back-to-back -back, uh, homestands in October and November, respectively. And that's not really something that we've had uh, since we moved to Georgia State Stadium. I know in, was it 2017, we played our first game at home, which we lost to Tennessee State, and then we didn't play again at home for like a month and like a half. six weeks. Yeah. Right, it was ridiculous. But what this does, even though the Army game is going to be probably one of the most difficult games of the year for the team having the chance to come right back the next saturday and play another game i think is going to help a lot for like the fan presence and the uh the feeling of oh hey we actually have a football team that plays here on saturdays hopefully at night we'll see if they remain firmly wedded to the 2 p.m kickoffs that nobody wants to come night to football is better than day football we've had one night saturday game in the history of the program let that sink in one and it was the game versus utsa with the night bright sunglasses they did a video with bill curry to oh that uh, that 80s song oh my god i have to find this video we'll, we'll we'll share it if uh if i can find it but it was the most ridiculous thing i've still got a pair of these sunglasses actually right here on my desk but um yeah please do a night game also, the irony is not lost on me that we start this podcast under the name The Thursday Night Podcast because we play so many of our football games on Thursdays. And then within weeks, the schedule is released and we have no Thursday night games. All Saturdays canceled. Our Panthers. Podcast is canceled. We're changing Thanks, the guys, name for coming to out. Saturday the Night Saturday podcast. Night. This yeah. is the Saturday Afternoon at 2 p.m. podcast. <laughs> Please don't make me change the intro. I don't want to record it again.
Saturday night games. Jokes aside, does that change anything for us? I mean, it not keeps even us at in, all. It keeps us, I guess, a little bit more of a consistent schedule because yeah. there won't be any like weirdly short weeks followed by a weirdly long week. And um, this last year we had back to back. It was on the fourth of October. We played at Troy, mm-hmm. and then we had a bye week. And then on the eighteenth of October, we played at Arkansas State, and that was like just kind of a void of an October. Right. So I think it's going to help. I mean, I, I it's going to be week to week rather than like, oh, Thursday this week. So, you know, we play this day and then we're off for 10 days. It, I feel like stability is never a bad thing with football programs, which are built on time most of the time. It'll be good. It'll be fun. You know, I like consistency, so I don't have to pay attention to football on Thursdays and I can exclusively pay attention on Saturday. So. So what about Tuesday night in action, David? Um, I'm always following Maction. Excuse you. I got to get these Buffalo Northern Illinois matchups because playing football games on Tuesdays is something that they do. Well, they do that for TV. And that's another thing that I think is going to be not not necessarily an issue, but I think we're, we might miss this season is a lot of these Saturday games are going to be going up against marquee matchups in the Power Five conferences. So I don't think we're going to go a whole lot of TV time. Unless it's an away game or something, but uh, we'll see. But like we said earlier, it's March. Football season is in almost six months, five and a half months. There's all sorts of stuff we need to worry about right now, including the women's basketball team, which is right now fourth in the conference. They've got their final home game of the 2018-2019 season this Saturday at home versus Georgia Southern, and they're looking to make a statement. And they very well could upset some people in New Orleans when they go for the first time that I have ever remembered going to the tournament and having a bye. That is just huge for this team. I want to just, I know we've been saying it week after week, but we really, really need to recognize this team and the change that they've made in just one short year. Shout out to Gene Hill, first of all. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Gene Hill. Keeping it 100 for us. It's going to be interesting. I don't think we can move up anymore in the women's standings. But we can move down. I mean, there's teams right on our tail. So Southern isn't having a great year, but we've still got to get through the rivalry game, get a win and solidify where we're going to be for New Orleans. Speaking of the tournament, we've got some big stuff coming up next week during the coverage of the Sunbelt tournaments, plural, with the men's and the women's teams. We're going to be having same day reaction pods of sorts. It's going to be after whoever watched going to get on and, and talk about this and just get instant. Like what we saw from this game for both the women's games, as long as they're in and the men's games, as long as they're in. So really excited to get that instant thoughts, get it right out there for you guys. And that'll be in addition to the written game recaps we have been writing for the men's games. And that will include the women's games during the tournament as well. So be sure to check out the website, thursdaynight.com for all that written content as well. Um, In addition, if you haven't already, our interview with Jordan session went live last week. I think it went really well and it's definitely worth a check out if you haven't seen it yet. Um, But I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Again, from the crew, and we'd like to thank everybody for listening. My name is Taylor. Uh, I'm Jordan. I'm Brady. And I'm David. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Peace. See you. Hate not Southern. Hate it's week. Hate week. It's actually hate week, not coastal hate week. We're never doing that again. It's actually hate week. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. See you guys next week. Bye.